Hey everyone, I'm Jesse Neal and welcome back to my podcast, This Is Not About Your Body. I want to talk today about one of the main tenets of body neutrality, which is that basically being body neutral is your natural state. It is not some brand new invention that I made up. It is not uh, some newfangled uh, concept for progressives. It is literally what we were all born with. We were all born thinking neutrally about bodies in general. And that isn't to say we didn't have preferences because, of course, we would like prefer, you know, our parents or everybody else or whatever, our caretakers. We, we form preferences. Preferences has nothing to do with body neutrality. Body neutrality is about looking at things without hierarchies of value and worth. And when we think about returning to a body neutral state, we're really thinking about removing the blocks to body neutrality that we have, you know, learned or been socialized into or taken on somewhere along the way because body neutrality is our natural state. So the process of body neutrality is about returning to the truth. And the truth is that there are no good bodies and bad bodies. Really, literally, you can't have a body that is morally superior to another body. It just isn't a real concept. And you knew that as a baby, but you don't know that now because you live in a world that is full of information saying there's a moral binary or a moral hierarchy of bodies. There's good and there's bad. There's better and there's worse. There's right and there's wrong. So you've learned a bunch of stuff that has gotten in the way of body neutrality. And the work of neutrality is about returning to what you once knew, which is that there is no right or wrong. There is no good or bad. There is no better or worse. There are just bodies. They are neutral. They are morally neutral. Now, you might discover that you prefer a certain kind of body for yourself or for others. You might be more attracted to a certain kind of body. You might find yourself aesthetically drawn to a certain kind of body, whatever. And that's fine. But you could have those preferences and be body neutral if, in fact, you did not assign any moral significance to these preferences, whether you liked someone or didn't like someone, you assigned uh, the exact same amount of worthiness or value, um, significance and meaning, made the same assumptions about them, like that would really be neutral. You can prefer whatever the hell you want. Neutrality is about erasing the moral significance that we have been taught can be seen when you look at a person's body. And that applies to you, of course. You know, body neutrality is an individual journey. It also applies to everyone else, though, which is really about body liberation. When you look around you through a neutral lens, we are talking about body liberation, talking about dismantling the systems of oppression and the hierarchies that we have been told about what kind of bodies are more worthy of respect or less worthy of respect, what kind of bodies are more worthy of love and belonging and inclusion and which ones are less. Like that is body liberation work. It's social justice work. So this work has to be done inside yourself. It also has to be done when you look everywhere else. But one of the biggest tools for helping my clients get to a place of being able to access body neutrality is language. Because we actually use a lot of hierarchical language, a lot of assessment language all the time without even realizing it. And it takes us away from the truth. So, you know, an example of this not having anything to do with bodies would be you taste a meal Maybe it's like made by a person of a different culture. You're not familiar with the ingredients. You taste it and you go, yuck, 
That is disgusting. You've made an assessment about it, right? You have used the information you have about what kind of food is good and what kind of food is bad and your own life experiences to assess it as bad food. That is disgusting food. But that's not totally true, right? Like lots of people in the world might think it tastes delicious. So you're not actually right that it's disgusting, but you are right that you don't like it. So a more truthful or, you know, neutral thing to say in that moment would be, I don't like that. And when you say, I don't like that, you're really actually dealing with the true experience of the moment. When you say that's disgusting, you have left the true experience of the moment. You're now um, interpreting the experience of the moment with uh, a certain level of entitlement as if you deserve to be able to comment on the truth of the moment, as if you are in a position of being able to have some kind of authority on what food is good and what food is bad, which is sort of weird when you think about it like that. But it's what we do with bodies all the time. We look in the mirror and we say, I look gross instead of I don't like how I look. We look at somebody else and say they're hot instead of I like how they look. When actually only I like or I don't like is definitely true in that moment. There are no gross people and hot people. Not objectively. Not really. Because someone on earth will find that person you found gross hot and someone on earth will find that hot person you found gross. Like there is no objective truth to it. So when we speak in these broad sweeping generalizations, we give our assessments and our opinions as if they are facts. We continue to uphold the idea that bodies can be good or bad, right or wrong, that they're accessible, that there is a truth to those assessments. And that makes body neutrality really difficult. So one of the things I encourage my clients to do is to replace all of those statements with statements that are more objectively true, such as, I don't like how I look today, or that person is attractive to me. Those are things, those are unassailable truths, you know, and there's no, there's no harm in shifting your mindset from I look gross to I don't like how I look, right? You haven't lost anything, but you've gained something. You've gained a feeling of clarity of what the true moment is holding. And actually you've, well, I suppose you could say you've lost the, the icky feeling that we get when we assess things in that critical way. We assess things and say, oh, I'm gross. That comes with a really negative feeling. Say, I don't like how I look today. It doesn't have quite that same heaviness to the feeling. You still might not look like it. You know, it still might not be a pleasant feeling, but it's different because it's lighter. It doesn't have the same kind of like, everybody thinks I'm gross, has a much heavier feel than right now, I don't like how I look, has a much lighter feel in our bodies. Like literally it will resonate differently in your body to say this to yourself. And likewise, when you look around, you know, you could say, I don't like how that person is dressed. That might be true. I'm not sure exactly what would <laughs> compel you to say such a thing, but it might be true. Whereas to say that person's outfit is horrible, you have assessed it as if you have a right to assess it objectively when you don't. Because you, can't, you just can't be objective. It isn't an objectively horrible outfit. It is just an outfit. The outfit itself is neutral. You may have a preference about it and other people may have different preferences about it, right? Clearly that person probably liked it. So I think neutrality is really about acknowledging that we can't make these sweeping judgments. We can't make an assessment and be objectively in the right and in the true. And so it's about prioritizing the right and the true and the objectivity and the clarity 
over the sweeping assessment. In some ways, it's kind of about putting ourselves back in our place, you know, putting ourselves back into perspective so that there is not this feeling of like disconnect. And there's not this feeling of almost punishing ourselves with a, a lie that everybody agrees with the thing we just said. And if that thing is, is a negative thing, you know, that's just, that's a lot to contend with, but it's not even true. So part of this switch to clear and neutral language around bodies and appearances is for your, it's just for you, right? It's just about lightening the burden and easing up some of your body image issues and essentially um, making the war a little bit easier, the war between you and your body, if you feel like there is one, a little bit easier to tolerate. Because again, saying like, ugh, I'm so disgusting. Like that's, those are fighting words, right? Versus, I mean, even, even just to say, I preferred it when I was thinner. Like that just immediately, it's not, it's not fighting words, right? It still doesn't necessarily feel good, but it has so much less weight behind it. Forgive the the pun here. So uh, with that in mind, I wanted to give a few examples. So truth telling is a huge part of body neutrality. This is one way of doing it is the most fundamental way is just in the ways that you talk about your body, talk about other people's bodies. It is also in the way you talk about your body image issues. And this is tricky because this starts to get harder. If you don't have a solid amount of self-awareness, this gets really tricky. But when my clients say things like, um, you know, I just hate how big my thighs are, for example, there's truth to that, right? Like they're not saying my thighs are disgusting. They're saying I hate them. Okay, well, that's one step in the right direction. But also, do you really hate the way your thighs look? Or do you hate that your thighs look the way they do in a world that says they shouldn't? Do you really hate the beauty and body ideals that have decided somewhat arbitrarily that your kind of thighs are a flaw, an imperfection, or a source of embarrassment or failure? Because that's what I would say is much truer in that moment, right? And I give this example sometimes. Um, I've been you know, making reels about this and stuff lately on Instagram, but I sometimes say, when I was growing up or when I was younger, I would say I hated the way my breasts look. And I meant it. I really meant I hated that they were imperfect. I hated that they were like saggy and, you know, they didn't have the right perky bubbly look to be considered attractive. And they were too low and they were too jiggly and all whatever. I had all kinds of complaints, right? I could have just told you I hate how they look. I wish they looked perkier and better. But when I started to actually do the work to figure out what was blocking neutrality. Why couldn't I see my breast as neutral? Why did I think they had, why did I hate them so much? I really, really hated them. What I discovered was, you know, I developed early and I got a lot of unwanted attention very early and I became sexualized way before I was ready. Like as a kid, you know, I was like 11, 12, 13. I was dealing with a, a whole bunch of inappropriate, unwanted attention because of my breasts. So it wasn't just that I didn't like how they looked. It was that I resented that they existed. I was so angry and I felt so betrayed by them for what they signaled to the world, for what they brought into my life experience, for the fact that they made me feel unsafe all the time around men. 
I was angry. I wasn't just disappointed in how they looked, but that's not what I was. I was aware of being disappointed in how they looked. I was not aware that I was so angry or resentful. So it wasn't until I started doing body neutrality work and really digging through the, the blocks to neutrality, essentially, that I discovered how angry I was. And then I had to do the healing work with myself, not with how they looked, but with myself, with my body, with my life, with myself. And I had to move to a place where I can now say my breasts are neutral. I still would probably prefer they looked different, but they are neutral in my eyes now. I don't hate them. I don't particularly love them. I don't particularly love how they look, but they're neutral, right? They don't bother me. I don't think about them a whole lot. And I'm only able to get to that place because I removed the block to neutrality, which was my backlogged anger my feeling of having been betrayed by them at a very young age. So this is where I always encourage people when they can, once they get a certain amount of self-awareness around what their body image issues are really about, which is the work I do with clients, I encourage them to start using the language more accurately. So instead of saying, "Ugh, I hate my breasts, they're so gross, you know, I would have had to say, I hate um, that I was sexualized so early. I hate that I was forced into a position of dealing with inappropriate male attention at such a young age. I hate that. That's true, right? And I might only think that when I looked in the mirror and saw my breasts, but that was what I was feeling. And saying it that way cut me some slack. It cut my body some slack. And it allowed me to see my breasts neutrally after all with time and healing. But this is what I ask my clients to do, you know. Um, a client who says, I just feel disgusting. I just hate looking like this. I have them change the narrative in how they talk to themselves and about themselves to reflect their truth, which might be, um, I hate having such a different body than I had when I first met my partner because I worry about them being attracted to me or leaving me. Sometimes it's, I hate being fat in a fat phobic culture, or I hate being tall in a world that says I'm supposed to be short or I hate being short in a world that says I'm supposed to be tall. I hate that certain beauty ideals determined that I was supposed to look like this and I don't or I, I do. You know, whatever it is, like you, you name the thing that really freaking sucks. You name the rotten piece of this rotten feeling instead of projecting it onto your body. Because frankly, even if you preferred to look different, completely different, you still wouldn't necessarily feel this kind of hatred under any circumstance that I can think of unless there was something deeper going on. So this is the body neutrality work is we figure out what the blocks are, we name them, and then obviously you have to deal with whatever it is there directly. Like I had to do trauma healing work. I had to move through this feeling that I had been betrayed. I had to explore my own gender expression. I had to do a whole bunch of stuff. But like in that it started to shift the power that was given to the shape and size of my body and it restored it. It made it so that I had the power and my body was just neutral. And that's what we have to do. So naming exactly what's going on, whether it's um, a specific part of your history and experience, such as I hate my belly fat because I had a partner who told me it would make me unlovable. And then even in that, you might wanna say, I hate that my partner told me my belly fat made me unlovable. Or I hate my ex-partner. You know, there's a lot of things you could say here. Or I hate body shaming and that I was subjected to it at the hands of someone I was supposed to be able to trust. 
those are all much truer than I hate my belly fat. And I encourage you to get as true as possible. If you're looking for neutrality, the truth is your way out. So next time you look in the mirror and you hear yourself say some kind of criticism, stop, check in, ask yourself, is there a truer, more neutral, more accurate, more objective thing you can say? If so, say it. And if not, keep exploring. Ask yourself questions. What might a more objective uh, way of putting this be or a more objective way of holding this concept look? You know, like if you look in the mirror and you see your cellulite and you think, that is super gross. I need to cover that up. Check in and say, what would a neutral way of holding this be? I have cellulite. That's true. I don't like cellulite. Also true. I learned that cellulite is bad. True. Can you make a sentence out of that that feels like really accurate and powerful, but neutral? Because that's what we're looking for. And it, it might in all of those cases sound different from person to person, but a general answer might be, I hate that um, the beauty ideals that I grew up with or, you know, my mother taught me or, you know, whatever magazines taught me or whatever your story is. I hate that they taught me my cellulite was a flaw. That's it. That feels true as hell. So sometimes you just have to really sort of search for a thing that is not an interpretation that does not include any moral significance, that is not an assessment. Even just looking in the mirror and saying like, you know, I've, I've had um, women that I've known have looked in the mirror and said to themselves as a compliment, oh my God, I look so thin. And I would say that's an area where we are using assessment language and not neutral or objective language. It would probably be truer for that person to say, I like how I look right now, than I'm so thin. Right, Because what they're responding to is not probably actually their weight, at least not in the, the examples that I often heard. It was an always thin person responding to liking how they looked. Or it was about somebody who had recently lost a little bit of weight and was feeling very good about that for some other reason, such as they now felt more acceptable or they felt like they had a higher social status and more privilege or they were feeling really proud of the, you know, actions that they had taken that got them to this place. So there's a lot that could be said in that moment, but it would at least be truer to say, I like how I look right now instead of I look so pretty, I look so hot, I look so thin, I look so sexy. Those are all assessments, right? True to just say, I like how I look or I don't like how I look. And then take that further and you might say, I like the feeling I get when I conform most to beauty ideals and body ideals. Because that's really probably what these women were saying when I heard it, you know, it's like, I love conforming to beauty ideals. And today I do. And that feels good. And likewise, on a bad day, when you're like, oh, I look ugly, you're really saying I, I dislike when I'm not conforming to beauty ideals, it feels bad. And that's what I'm feeling today. It's just sort of interesting to like get really, really honest with yourself in these ways. So neutrality and truth go hand in hand. Neutrality is our default position. Therefore, we are stripping away the blocks to it when we're talking about body neutrality. And one of the easiest, simplest tactics to do so is to reframe your language and choose language that allows you not to assess or give your opinion, but to simply represent the truth of the moment. I like this. I feel this. I think this, whatever it is, without an assessment or without a moral significance being attached to one way of looking or being versus another. 
So try this and let me know if it helps you. Let me know what you think. Um, I do this with clients all the time. It is not like a be all end all solution, but it is often going to take some of the pressure away and some of the heavy negative, um, you know, sort of self-loathing and shame stuff that comes around body image um, criticisms away. It'll lighten the burden a little bit, hopefully. And that's a pretty good start as far as I'm concerned. From there, though, you just have to keep digging to figure out what these truths are. And that takes a lot of work. I mean, that's what I help my clients do, you know, that's time consuming and hard and scary and painful, but that is ultimately what we're still doing. We're always just looking for the truer way of seeing and understanding the situation and the truth of the moment versus assessing and having an opinion about something as if it were objectively true. And that's it. That's everything I wanted to share today. I hope it was helpful. And uh, thank you for listening to my podcast. I'll catch you next time.